Ready or not, here it comes. Unusual things that are going to happen in your life. Hallelujah. He said, well, Bishop, you know I'm getting older. It don't matter. Listen, it don't take God long to do nothing. It don't take God long to do anything. Matter of fact, I'm looking for God to do something even right now. Hallelujah. Not many days hence. Especially when it comes concerning you and your household. You should always be on ready. You should always be at, on the edge of your seat, a position of expectation. Anybody here got expectation in this room? I got expectation in my spirit that God's going to do some things. Man, I'm, I'm waiting for the manifestation of it. Listen, let me get the, uh, the, youth, the, the youth leaders to come at this time. Come on, my youth leaders, children's church leaders. Y'all give them a hand. Then I want you to dismiss the little ones to children's church. Amen. I got some things I need to share with you. Yeah. All right. Teenagers, y'all got class too, they say. All right. Amen. All right. Good, 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 good. Y'all go to class so us grown folks can talk. may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I could hardly wait to get here today. I came with expectation today. I already know that God has something in store for my life. I pray that you feel the same. Those that came for the first time today, we want to say welcome again to the Winning Church. We bless God for you. Thank you for coming. Pray that you would have an experience like no other. Let's plunge right into the Word of God. Proverbs, the 15th chapter. If you have your phone or your iPad, you can download our app. And uh, normally the notes will be there, so you won't have to... You know, write as fast or write excuse me, as much. Winning is key in 2023. This month, we're talking about keeping a winning marriage. Say that with me, keeping a winning marriage. Last month, we talked about how to be a winning single. Your singleness. Amen. So, ooh, I wish I would have been here. Well, you go back and get it. It's probably online. You can get it. Uh, Proverbs 15 and 1. I want to talk with you briefly uh, some techniques in marriage. Uh, winning marriage problem solving techniques today. Because I don't care who you are. First of all, when you get married, you don't marry a perfect person. You know why? Because you're not perfect. Now, I don't know why people expect the other person to be perfect when they're not perfect. Duh. You fussing at them, you're not perfect yourself. You talking about what all they don't do. Wait, wait, hold up now. We both in this together. Hallelujah. 
So, but I don't care who you are, when you have a relationship with someone, your relationships will be tested. How many have experienced that? The testing? And guess what? You're not done being tested. Relationships will be tested. Not only just husband and wife, but your friend to friend, you know, mother, daughter, mother, son, you know, father, daughter, father, son. Any relationship, you know, you got friendship with your friends, you know, y'all, y'all, y'all good right now, but they're going, it's going to get tested at some point down the road. It is going to be tested. And the thing we got to learn how to do is pass our test. Say it with me. I must pass my test. So whenever you get in a, you know, heated discussion, as we say, intense fellowship with someone, remember this may be a time where I am being tested. And I don't care how long you've been married, you still get tested. Amen. Though you've been married for some while, you ought to say amen because you probably just got tested this week. Good thing you here in living color in the house of the Lord. You might have got upset about something just this week. Hallelujah. And we can't tell it because you're looking good. You, you know, you're here, you're shouting and getting your praise on and everything. But you showed out this week. Come on now. Every now and then we all show out, don't we? Sometimes we have to tell on ourselves, you know, I just showed out royally this week. I don't know what was wrong with me. Amen. Hallelujah. Had to pop my own hand, you know. Cut it out. <laughs> Proverbs 15 and 1. A soft answer, uh, listen, turns away wrath. All right? What kind of answer? Why are you raising your voice? Why are you hollering at the top of your voice? Hmm? A soft answer turns away wrath. Uh-oh. But grievous words stir up anger. Look at that word grievous. Let's linger there for a moment. It don't even sound right. It sound bad. Grievous. In other words, that's serious right there. That's severe right there. Those are the kind of words that we use. Grievous words. Some say critical when we talk. Awful words. Painful words. Agonizing. Here we are, hurtful words. I'm going to just dwell on that grievous for a minute. We intended to say what we say, afflicting, wounding. We want to bring about some pain when we say it. Mm-hmm. Little damage, you know, want to injure somebody. Just look straight ahead. Got that little sharp tongue, that acute. Words, you know. Amen. Mm -hmm. Just crushing. Just You said something to crush them. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You intended to traumatize them. Yeah, yeah. 
Just by the words you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hallelujah. Okay. Now that was a foul. If you were playing sports, when you open your mouth, that was a foul. Amen. You playing football, that was a penalty. That word that you spoke yesterday, Saturday. It was a grievous word. And grievous words stir up anger. When you talk to someone with painful words, hurtful words, it's going to start anger. And we know that going in, but we do it anyway. Why? Why? Hallelujah. Ooh, I feel good today. In marriage, we're going to encounter conflict. And at some point, we're going to, you know, fight dirty. And I, and I, I know y'all already know all about this. Uh-uh, not me, Bishop. I don't fight dirty. All right, Don, listen, you coming to the altar after this message, okay? And sometimes we will be on the receiving end of these dirty tactics that we do. And perhaps we don't consciously choose to fight in this way. But consciously or unconsciously, we continue to do it because it works. It worked in the past or because we've seen it modeled. We've seen other folk do it. And when we fight dirty, we're often looking to gain an advantage through someone else's weakness. And if we're hostile at that moment, we know that we can get a reaction by pushing their button in certain areas. And we know the right buttons to push to get them unglued. Hallelujah. We've shifted the goal and now willing to inflict pain to win. Right? And if your goal is to win the argument, there's going to be a loser. Additionally, if you lose a lot, you might even fight dirtier. But could there be a better goal than inflicting pain on the other person. Is there a better win? I believe so. I believe that you can both win. All right? So that's two things to remember in conflict. Y'all ain't saying that, so that means you're listening. Number one, you got to remember the goal. Say that with me. I got to remember the goal of marriage. Marriage is not about winning and losing. It's about oneness. Everybody say oneness. oneness. I know we are winning church, but it's about oneness. Say it again, oneness. oneness. In marriage, that's what you're all about. It's about oneness. 
If you're not thinking oneness, do not get married. If you're thinking selfish, do not get married. Because it's not about you against them and them against you. It's about oneness. And you're going to spend the rest of your life working out this thing called oneness. Come on, shout it loud, shout it proud. Oneness. oneness. Amen. I know you didn't feel like you was one this week. That's why you came here so we can bring it back in. When one person in a marriage loses, they both lose. And when one person wins, they both win. You cannot call him a loser and you come out a winner. You cannot call her a loser and you come out a winner. If I'm a loser, you're a loser, we both lose it. So we're not going to call each other losers in our household. Got it? Oneness is about a husband and wife becoming so intimately connected that they develop a mental, physical, relational, and spiritual harmony that goes beyond human possibilities. Two become one in the flesh. But occasionally in an effort to find oneness, you and your spouse will have conflict. Conflict is often an attempt to come to a mutual understanding. Listen, conflict is healthy, believe it or not. You will find out your weaknesses. They will find out their weaknesses. Conflict will bring out stuff that you can't see in yourself. Like two positive poles on a magnet, at times you will repel each other. And when this happens, you will have disagreements, conflicts, arguments, or fights. And, you know, when I'm talking about just, you know, just uh, thoughts and things that's coming out of your mouth. And call them what you want, but that's what they are. It's fine to engage in a debate for the purpose of understanding each other and coming to a common understanding. But as these Moments happen. You and your spouse can develop some unhealthy patterns. As a result, you might interpret your spouse as an enemy rather than an ally. And therefore go on the attack and begin to fight dirty because you look at them as your enemy. Losing sight of the goal of understanding. So, the goal is to understand what marriage is all about. See, a lot of us wouldn't train right. We came up in a home that had an ungodly marriage. We saw and we got trained unfavorably in a home that did not model what God said that a marriage should be like. 
So we got tainted by what we saw when we saw our mothers and fathers arguing and calling each other out of their name and putting each other down. There was no oneness. It was on this side and one on that side. In this corner, ding, 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 with the red trunks on is mama. Over in this corner, ding, ding, with the blue shorts on is papa. And that's all we saw. And you do and mimic what you are around. Then you wonder why you're having problems in your own uh, relationship. Because you are doing what you saw. Parents, don't act like your children don't see you in the house. Don't you act like they're invisible. They hear and see everything. They hear and see everything. And I don't care if they're not there. God see you. Hallelujah. So number one. We need to know what the goal of marriage is, all right? Here you go. Now, here's what we want to talk about right here. Number two, we got to stop the dirty tactics. That's what I, I really want. That's what I want to zero in. Because as safe as you are, y'all be looking so holy when you come up in here. You know, especially, you know, you work here, you know, you come to church, you're on the door, you're greeting. Praise the Lord. Come on in. Huh? Then when we do the winning song, you're just greeting everybody. How you doing? So glad to have you today. How you doing? Oh, I'm so blessed and highly favored of the Lord. I'm just feeling so good today. I just came to give God the praise. Now, how many of y'all know there are a lot of great, dirty fighting techniques that's out there? I believe y'all could teach some of them. Some of you know, know better than others because, you know, you use them and you, you know, or have had them used on you against you, right? Now, this morning, we, we're going to talk about a, a short list of some common tactics. Now, consider the ones that use. Uh, you use and the ones that your spouse uses and have a conversation about them later on. Please don't have this discussion during a dispute, but during a time of peace. Did I, did I, did I say that right? When you have peace, when you sit down and everybody is calm. No kung fu fighting. Now, you can even rank them by the ones you feel you each resort to the most. Now, uh, I'm really I'm not going to be that long today because, you know, I'm, I'm excited about this. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm always excited about the, the marriage teaching and everything. But there's some, some techniques that we should not use when it comes to us having intense fellowship. Number one. Y'all ready? Bad timing. Write that down. Bad timing. 
pick the worst time to start an argument. Bad timing. That's probably me right there. Bad timing. Why is it that you know the devil wants you to start an argument right when you get ready to go to church? Or right when you step into the house? Bad timing. Let me get in the house and, you know, calm down. Get me a glass of lemonade and sit down and clear my head for a minute before we start in on bad timing. Bad timing. See, some of y'all feeling in bad timing this morning when you come to church. They want to argue right before... We getting ready to go to the house of God, honey. Bad timing. Now, I know I'm not the only one here that got bad timing, but, you know, praise the Lord, you can keep looking like that. This is a tactic that you got to work on that you don't have bad timing. Because some of us got the worst timing in the world. Okay, you didn't like that one. Okay, number two is escalating. Everybody say escalating. escalating. Uh-huh. Move quickly from a single issue to more significant matters you've been waiting to bring up. When they say, by the way. Ooh, I've been waiting to. And let me tell you something. I want to talk to you about the $500 on this credit card and escalators sometimes come with the voice rising up. You understand what I'm saying? Some of you got that problem of escalating stuff. It started off here, but my God, before you got, it's way up here. That's a bad tactic. Escalating. Hallelujah. How I many you could be doing good when you left the house, but by the time, my God, by the time you get where you're going, it's all out of whack. Escalating is a bad tactic, ladies and gentlemen. Number three, here's a good one, sandbagging. You move from the primary issue to all the other problems you have. Moving to minor stuff that don't even matter at that time. You understand? Y'all talking about something good. Where's the remote? <laughs> Y'all talking about something important. Where are we going to eat? Huh? We're dealing with something major like disrespect, and you talking about where's the remote and where we're going to eat. We're talking about disrespect right now. That's sandbagging. Y'all looking at me like y'all got all these together. Okay, all right, all right, go ahead. Uh-huh, the Lord knows. The Lord knows. Yeah, some of you all are guilty of sandbagging. You move from the primary issue and won't talk about something else. Amen. How many of y'all have seen sandbagging before? 
See, all right. We're gonna, I'm just, I'm just going to stop my message and just have an altar call. I'm just going to stop my message and just have an altar call. Y'all don't tell the truth up here in church. Here you go. Here you go. Generalizing. Using inflammatory language like always and never. Be specific. Huh? Be specific. Now, you know, you didn't introduce me to your friends when I was standing right next to you. That's specific. And then when you say, you always leave the lid off. Not always. Huh? Huh? You never say, I love you. Somebody said, well, he don't. Don't generalize when you're having a conversation. Be, be, get a little bit more detail. Be more specific of what you're trying to relay. See, because some, sometimes when you're generalizing, you play these guessing games. You want the person to guess what you're trying to say. And men don't do good at guessing. We done guessed three times and every one of them was wrong. generalize. That's, that's not a good tactic to generalize. Amen. Do you think we need to go somewhere? What do you mean by go somewhere? Just say, hey, babe, I think it's about time that we did take a vacation and I want to go right here. Generalize. Well, you think we just, we need to go somewhere? Well, where do you want me to go? You want me to go outside? You want me to... Want me to go to the store? You want, where you want me to go? Let me go take a bath, you know. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're saying. It's not a good tactic to generalize. I'm trying to help you to have a good marriage. I'm just trying to help you. Number five, uh, cross-complaining. Respond to their complaints with one of your own. They talking to you about something. You say, well, you don't take the garbage out. Well, you don't wash the dishes. Okay, well, now the garbage is stinking and everything. I know I haven't watched, but you want to complain with one of your own so you can yeah, get back at them. That's cross-complaining. They complain, so I'm going to complain too. No, just fix that if it's need to be fixed. Amen. Then, you know, then you go back to number one. What was number one? Come on. Bad time. So now, don't cross complain. Just fix that what they complained about. And let's get some good timing for what I want to complain about next. Because other than that, you're going to have cross-complaining. I know you're saying, where did Bishop get this foolishness from? No, this is serious stuff. This, this, this is serious stuff. I'm just trying, you know, 
I, I haven't been here with the next year, 41 years from nothing. I'm telling you. Amen. I learned a few things. I, I learned a few, a few things. Here's number six, interrogating. Uh-oh. Imply with a question that they could have easily done something that they didn't do. For example, why did you? Why did you tell me, tell them I was, you could have just told them that I was busy. You should have said, he's working on it. No. But you had this, say, why did you say it like that? I don't know. I was just being honest. You're going to interrogate me for being honest? And that's what some of us do. What you doing now? Why you doing it like that? Why it's got to be like that? I don't know as long as I get the results. Especially somebody that cook. Why you cooking it like this? My mama didn't do it like this. Wait, wait a minute. As long as I get the results, it ain't how about how... You eat it, don't you? You got to interrogate them on everything. How they cook, how they walk, how they drive, how they do. You got to interrogate them on everything. Hallelujah. I know you sit beside your wife and she tells you, don't you, don't you get up, don't you say nothing. <laughs> and he said, you better not, you better not. Number seven, blaming. Here's one you can identify with, blaming. Make the issue entirely their fault. If it wasn't for you, I could be further up the road. What was I thinking when I married you? Always blaming them for your failure. That is the wrong tactic to blame somebody for what you do. I could have, oh, I could have been somebody if I wouldn't have connected myself with you. No, you're supposed to be somebody before you connect yourself to somebody. If somebody looking to be somebody to connect so they can connect themselves to you, don't connect with them. They should be somebody before you connect with them. Hallelujah. Playing game. Here's another one, pulling rank. Uh-oh. Make the point that you do more than them in every area. You know, I would have had that done by now. If it was me, I would have done it like that. Huh? I tell you what you do. Come to me before you do anything uh, because clearly you don't ever know what to do. I'm the man. Uh-huh. Pull it rank because of your position. Hey, back, back, back. Well, you know, and, and men, men are not the only ones who do it. Women pull rank too. They pull rank. You know, I have my master's degree. I got my doctor degree. Evidently, I know what to do. 
one of the things I probably shouldn't have done is married you. Should have had some married somebody with some more class. Pulling rank, pulling rank. It's a part of put down too. Wait a minute, hold on. We're not each other's enemy. Matter of fact, we're on the same team. I don't have to pull rank. First lady don't have to pull rank. We are one. It's about oneness. Did, did I say that at the beginning? Don't have to pull rank on each other. It's about oneness. And that's why a soft answer turns away wrath. One scripture, I believe Proverbs 25 15, says that a soft word breaks bones. The words you say, you have to be very careful with it because you can destroy something or you can make something better. Your words is like a scaffold, with a, like a surgeon with a scaffold in his hand. You can cut and kill the patient or you can cut and bring healing to the patient. I submit to you, a lot of us in our homes, we are cutting to destroy one another. We're not using it carefully to heal each other. Hallelujah. Number nine is, 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 is dominating. Oh, God. You talk over them regardless of what they say. This, this dominating got to do with controlling. Shut up. Do what I tell you to do. Oh, look how y'all were looking when I said that. Look like your hair raised up on the back of your neck when I said that. I know he, I know nobody telling me to shut up. Ooh, and don't be saying, no, you do what I tell you. Oh, Lord. See, some of y'all just reach behind your neck when I said that. See that? So I know I, ooh, I know I'm saved, but Bishop, we coming to see you. I'm coming to see you. I'm coming. Uh-uh. 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 You know, when we're talking, we don't have to dominate the conversation. We don't have to always be the one that's doing the talking. You, you can ask the question, what do you have to say about the matter? That's a, that's a bad tactic to use as dominating. So you dominate to hide stuff. So you keep talking so they won't reveal something that you're doing. That's a bad tactic. Dominating. When you're dating, some of you that are single and you're out with someone and they're always dominating, watch it. They won't let you hardly get in the word again and always want to dominate everything. Watch it. And see, like, this is what I'm talking about. I want a man that got the man that work. I want a man that got his own house. I want a man that got his own car. I want a man that got a degree. I want a man that's nice looking. I want a man. I want a man. I want a man. I want a man. A man. And you got all this whole list of what you want. And he got to be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. He's got to be somebody in God. He's got to be this. And you got all these things listed. And you on all that list. Now, how many of them things that you're willing to be yourself? 
You want a woman that's got all this. And when we look in the mirror, that ain't it. She got to be this, 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 and you're not willing to come up to none of it. We have a problem. We have a problem when someone got a whole list of things that they want somebody else to do. And then they're not willing to do it themselves. Oh, you follow me? So when you take that list out, you make sure you put your check your yourself first. Talk about you want to save woman you ain't even saved. Why y'all saying, uh oh, I said it. I said, I want me a church woman. I want, but I was still hanging out there. Oh, I guess I'm all by myself, I guess. Uh-huh. Even, even the unsaved want them a, a saved man. <laughs> huh? Glory to God. Violation list. Recite every injustice you've suffered. Huh? You start listening to everything you suffered. I can't buy what I want. I'm lonely in this marriage. You make me feel helpless. You don't help me with the children. You don't take the garbage out. You don't love me. I'm single in this marriage. You just have a violation. Everything that you feel like you've been violated in the relationship, you got a whole list of things. Everything. You just recite all the injustice and you never try to bring up solutions how we can make this better. I'm just showing you the tactics that we use. Number 11, negative labeling. Uh-oh. Get a person a negative psychological label like immature or neurotic. Right? Here's one. Y'all don't throw nothing at me, you big baby. That's a negative label. Y'all don't know that, right? Stupid. Blockhead. You're nothing. Huh? Those are negative labeling. Huh? And some of you all might not think this is negative labeling, but you're doing it in such a stealthy way. You're just like your old daddy. What did I say? All I said was you just like your daddy, but what, what you trying to say? Daddy ain't no good, so what you saying? You ain't no good. That's negative labeling. You know what you're doing. Amen. You know exactly what you are doing. You cannot negative label your spouse and expect everything to come out all right. Anything that negative come out of your mouth, there's a better way of saying that. You know, you've been married 15 years, let catch you. Let catch you. Just look at you. What's wrong, baby? Look at that belly. 
You look six months pregnant. And the kids say, well, well, Mama, why you always talk, uh, call Daddy expecting? <laughs> you always saying he expecting. Well, look at him. Look at him. Look at him. That's negative labeling. You don't gave him a new name, expecting. Right? Men on the hand, look at you. Look at you. Look at you. When I married you, you didn't have all that on you. It's negative. That's negative. It's a better way to do that. I got the belly. You got the boom, bang, boom. <laughs> so let's, let's see if we can't start working out together. Let's see if we can start walking together or something. That's a better fix for that than to sit around and you point at me and I point at you. Come here, come here, come here. <laughs> the Michigan tie man. <laughs> huh? Number 12, mind reading, telling the person why they did something, even if you don't know we got it bad, ladies and gentlemen. You don't know why you do, you know, I, and, and you, you don't know, but you, you I, I know why you did that. You don't know nothing. <laughs> I know why, I know why you did it. Huh? And then, you know, mind reading. And you know, you can't do no better. But you think you know everything. Hey, see the reason why, see the reason why you didn't get that job, see? Cause uh I know, I know that that man over there, they had told me about you ain't know nothing. <laughs> Every subject come up, you know everything. You know everything they did, even when they don't know. I know why you sitting that way. I know how you walking like that. You just know everything. You are a Mr. Mind Reader. Huh? But I know why you're thinking like You don't know why I'm thinking like nothing because I ain't told you yet. You don't have to be a mind reader. People will tell you what's on their mind. Right? The next one is predicting. Predict. Huh? Fatalistic views of the future. Huh? That is a negative tactic. Why is that? Why is predicting a negative? Because, you know, you think that, that one of these, are, don't nobody want you. That's fatalistic. Huh? You're nothing but destruction. These are tactics that we should not use against one another. Here's another one. Avoiding ownership. Don't take responsibility for anything. Nah, nah. It's not my fault you don't know how to take care of your kids. 
If you would not have opened the cabinet, then that, <laughs> you know, uh, that, that I, I, I put up there, you know, you, you wouldn't have failed. You wouldn't have failed. It wouldn't have hit you in the head. If you if you to watch me when I put it there, you why why we got to always not take ownership? It ain't my fault. Why was I taking ownership? I tell you what we're gonna do. This is what we're gonna do. We gonna fix this so this will never happen again. Amen. And in marriages, let me tell you something, a lot of times we do avoid taking ownership because nobody wants to have to tap dance and say, well, it was my fault. But the truth of the matter is sometimes it's going to be your fault. I mean, we don't want to own up to it, but sometimes it's going to be our fault. And you just got to say, I, I take responsibility of that. Here's another one, and don't tell me you, you, you ain't seen this one, exiting. Just walk out of the room or leave the house, you know, in protest. Soon as something happens, I'm out of here. Huh? Always running. Huh? Always running. Soon as y'all start talking about disrespect, let's go back to that one. Oh, here we go again. Here we go again. I thought we already talked. I'm out. No, why you got to always walk out? Man up, a woman up, and stop exiting. That's not a good tactic to walk out every time you all have a discussion. Then walk out every time. Keep walking out. Somebody's going to walk in. And how many of you know that walking out does not help at all? Because you're going to be faced with that same thing when you come back. Huh? Denying compromise. Never back down from your position. Lord Hammers. I know I'm right. I know I'm right. All y'all are idiots. Is my way or the highway? No one tells me what to do. You don't compromise on anything. I got this. And that's why you're in trouble now. You don't never want to compromise on anything. Because you got to be Mr. Right. Lord, it's quiet in here. <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't want to compromise on anything. You're not going to tell me that we always right. 
As much as I want to be right, I'm not always right. As much as you want to think that you're right all the time, you're not always right. Let me get, I'm going to finish on up and let y'all go home. The, number, the next one is personalizing. Make it about the person and not the issue. We're talking about communication. We ain't talking about your snory. You, you want to attack the person. No, keep it the issue. You know, you don't have to attack the person when you're talking about the issue at this at hand. Amen. You making it all about them when it's the issue that we need to solve. Right now, what is it that's in your relationship that you got to solve right now? You don't have to personalize it and say, you know, they make me sick every time I look at them. It ain't about them. It's the issue that's at hand. Maybe it's something that they're doing that they, it's a habit for them and they're trying to break the habit, but they're not going to break it with you calling them out their name and making it personalizing them and making it, making it them instead of the issue that's at hand. Help them with the issue. Matter of fact, we married each other with issues. And we're here to help each other with our issues. You're not going to marry anybody that don't have no issues. If you think you're going to marry somebody that don't have no issues, just don't get married. Because as soon as you get married, there's going to be some issues. And you don't have to personalize it. Well, I don't know. I may, uh, you know, maybe somebody else won't have that. They may not have that issue, but it's going to be another one. You know, you, they're good enough to get married, first lady, but then they're not good enough for you to stay with them. Why they're not good enough for you to stay with them? Because you didn't sign up for what you signed up for? Some things you knew, you just ignored them. Some things you saw, but you say, ooh, when I get with them, they're going to change. You can't change them. God is the only one who can change them. Amen. Oh, how I know that. Oh, how I have come to realize that as a pastor. I can't change y'all. God got to change you. So I just keep on talking to you. Till God change you. Bing. Word change you. Bing. I can't change you. Amen. Because see, you sitting up and hit me right now. You say, I'm grown. He don't tell me what to do. I personalize when I get good and ready. I ain't got but three more, so y'all, we're going to get on out of here. Victimizing. Make yourself the eternal martyr. You, you, you know, you always want to, I guess I'm just a screw up. I finish last all the time. See, they put that guilt on you. Now, you don't care about me. I'm the only one that goes unnoticed. 
Y'all don't ever think about me. Victimizing. You play the victim all the time. That's not a good tactic. Playing the victim. See, y'all just don't understand. Y'all don't understand what I'm going through. Everybody in here, they, 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 they already know what God has called. But see, I'm, I'm really having a hard time. Y'all just don't, y'all don't understand me. You's all, you're always the victim. I wish you just, I wish you just understand me. I wish you just encourage me some more. No, sometimes you just got the man and woman up. You just got to wake up, man up. Get yourself together. Quit playing the victim. We've all been victimized by the enemy in some kind of way. But watch this. You don't have to sit there and play the victim. Great is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Do you know who you are? Ask the people down your road. Say, do you know who, who we are? Do you know who I am? Do you know who you are? You got royal blood flowing through your veins. You are somebody. You are a child of the king. You don't have to fall victim prey of anybody. Hallelujah. If anything, I'm going to go on the offense. I'm not going to be on the defense. I'm going on the offense because he gave me what I need. I got the sword in my hand. It's called the word of God. Hallelujah. The word of God can fix anything in your household. He can fix anything in your body, anything in your mind, anything in your spirit. He can turn your life around. You don't have to sit there and wallow in your pity. My God, be in a pity party in a stupor and say, hey, oh me, oh my, the devil is a liar. I am a king. I am a queen. I got royalty. Hallelujah. If I say this is going to be a good day, it's going to be a good day. If I say great is he that is in me than he that is in the world, I got the greater one on the inside. You can look at the storm and tell the storm you don't. For you don't afraid, you don't make me afraid. I am not afraid of you. You can speak to your storms and walk right through those storms. The storms of life. Are you hearing me? I ain't falling prey victim of nobody. Hallelujah. God gave me something greater than the enemy will ever have. He gave me the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He filled you with the Holy Spirit and you should never back down if God is backing you up. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Tell those people, you, you got something greater on the inside. Hallelujah. You don't have to act like everything going to end. Hallelujah. Every time you go through a test, I'm not going to act like everything going to end. Matter of fact, when I'm going through a test, that's time that I know I'm going to get ready to get promoted. Look at somebody on your own and say, you're about to be promoted. Tell them, say, well, what you're going through right now, at the end of you going through, at the end of your test, 
at the end of everything you face, tell them, say, you are going to be promoted. You're going to come out with your hands lifted up. You're going to come out with the joy of the Lord being your strength. Who am I talking to in here? You don't fall victim of anybody. I don't care what they say about you. They can say anything about you, but you know you got the greater one living on the inside. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then the next tactic is grudge. You, I don't hold no grudge. I don't hold no grudge for um, but nobody. Amen. That's a bad tag to holding grudges. Amen. You can't live like that, man. You can't live like that girl holding grudges. You got to learn how to forgive. You got to learn how to release. Can you say amen? Forgiveness don't just release that person. It releases you. It's about time that you get released. Get your freedom. Stop walking around here with all that heaviness on your heart, on your spirit, on your shoulders. Get released. Let it go. Go. So they did not tell you that they spent $200. Let it go. So they didn't tell you that they went around the corner and didn't tell you on the phone that they were going to be two hours late. Let it go. Let the past go and let's move through our future. Can you say amen? <laughs> Holding grudges. Well, you did this three years ago. You did that five years ago. Well, I just want to bring it up because, you know, I, I just want to get an understanding. Well, you may not ever get an understanding. You may not never know what they did, what they did. And you still waited down. Damn it. And you still all waited down. All of a sudden, that happened seven years ago. You cannot move forward from the last place of unforgiveness. Where unforgiveness holds you, you should have been there, but unforgiveness held you here. As soon as you forgive and let that stuff go, you're going to start moving forward. Ain't no sense for been married years, 12, 15 years, and still holding grudges. Huh? Don't know how to let go. Forgiveness is releasing. Say it with me forgiveness is releasing. In other words, I choose not to bring it up again. Huh? I know it happened. Let me help you. Let me help you. I know it happened, but you're not going to hear it from me ever again. See, some of y'all, some of y'all, y'all been talking at the house. Y'all been doing this all for the all 2003. You still bringing up old history. When you going to be man enough or woman enough to just say, you know what, I'm going to let it go. If God wanted to be me to understand it, it'll come back up in a way that I, but I'm not bringing it back up. That's being like God. 
When, sir, when you choose not to bring it back up, that's being like God. Ma'am, when you choose to not bring it up again, that's being like God. In marriage, you better have a whole lot of forgiveness. If not, you're going to be in trouble because most people haven't learned how to forgive. And if you don't know how to forgive, you're going to be in trouble. Because if you don't forgive, you hold all that stuff within yourself. And you will never be free. You put the locks, the chains, the bolts, and everything on your own heart. And you will never, until you unlock that stuff and let it go, you're going to always be in bondage. So to not have grudges, to forgive is to release. I choose not to bring it up again. They cheated on you. If you're going to stay with them, you choose not to bring it up again. That's like God. Okay. I got one scripture before I leave here. Micah 7 and 19. I brought this up because I want y'all to get it right. Because some of y'all been guilty of quoting this scripture wrong. You've been guilty of quoting it wrong. Look at it. Micah 7 and 19 says, he will return, he will, he will turn again. This is God talking. He's going to turn again. Ooh, I like how he started out. He's going to turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquity. In other words, he's going to put our iniquities under us. They will not be over us. All of our sins, he's going to put them under his feet. He will not bring it back up. He has subdued our iniquities. Thank you, Lord, that you have turned to us again because we didn't have uh, enough sense. We were going away, going astray, but you turn to us again. Thank you, Lord. Look what it says. Since you so good and you done turned again, he will leave. He said, All right, I'm going this way. But you know what? No, I'm going to give him another chance. God said, I'm going to give him another chance. And he will have compassion upon us. Watch this. And subdue our iniquities. And thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Now, that scripture don't say nothing about throwing it in the sea of forgetfulness. Ain't no such sea as forgetfulness. All right? But he said, I'll take your sins and I'll cast them into the depths of the sea. I will turn again. I'll give you another chance. I have compassion upon you. I'll put your iniquities behind me. And I will take your sins and I will cast them into the depths of the sea. 
In other words, to remember them no more. I choose not. That's just like God. That's just like God. Who are you to hold a grudge against somebody so much so until you say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not giving you another chance. I will not turn again. But God said, I will turn again. And I will have compassion on you. Huh? That's like God, people. The nerve of you to say that you're not going to give somebody a chance. I ain't ready to forgive you yet. You hurt me. Well, welcome. You done hurt Jesus many times over. When the last time you hurt somebody and they didn't hold it against you. Y'all done got quiet again. Let me get ready to go. Last one is shifting. Be inconsistent in an argument to avert resolution. In other words, if, if you wouldn't have, I wouldn't have. <laughs> Moving and transferring or switching the blame. That's what you're doing. And when we shift, we don't want a resolution. We just want to continue to argue until we feel right about ourselves. That's what shifting is all about. Just shifting and you just want to argue, argue, argue. You don't, you don't worry about no, no resolution. You ain't worried about getting no answer. You ain't worried about fixing it. You just want to argue. Huh? You want no resolution? Yeah, I want to argue. And some of you all, you major, minor, in arguing. You wake up and look forward to arguing. Oh, the new day. I get to argue a fresh new day. Oh, I get to argue with my wife again. Always shifting. Always shifting. Ladies and gentlemen, these are tactics that we should not use, but you see folks use them all the time. Now, they may not label them the way that I label them, but these are the tactics that we use sometimes unknowingly. We use them all the time. Now, you know what I'm expecting? After the day, I'm expecting some better uh, fellowship, less intense fellowship. You got to learn how to have disagreements. Amen? You got to learn how to have disagreements and not fall out. What about you and uh, First Lady? Yeah, we have disagreements, but we learn how to not fall out. Amen. Well, what y'all what y'all disagree about? Now that ain't your business. But we do have them. Amen. But we got to learn how to use good tactics when it comes to us communicating to one another. Cause let me tell y'all something: conflict is inevitable. 
It is going to happen. Even on your job, everybody loves you. You the boss. But a conflict going to happen. And you know the hated person on the job is the boss, right? Because everybody talk about the boss, right? Even if you're the nice person, they come to talk to you about the boss. Well, yeah, she just didn't do me right. And she just, she, she. And then when you become the boss, guess who they're going to talk about? Everybody talks about the boss. Huh? How I know? Everybody talks about the pastor. You got to learn to be okay. Because sometimes they don't know what they're talking about. So I got to learn how to love you through what you don't know what you're talking about. And same with your spouse. You just got to love them, love them through what they don't know what they're talking about. You know, you know, uh, Jim don't know what he's talking about. I just love him anyway. Huh? Amen. You know she getting older, she forgets some things, just love her anyway. Hallelujah. Now listen, let me tell you something. You better have a whole bunch of, of forgivenesses and a whole lot of love stored up because you're going to get older. It's spry and agile and smart and witty as you are right now. Give time, time. Them steps going to get a little shorter. Wait, now, I can't do all them long strides no more. Them steps going to get shorter. Amen? Then that eyesight going to get, say, what? I can't see that. Let me, hold on. Let me tell you. Let me, let me see. Huh? Huh? Amen? You better have some forgiveness. You better show some love. I know y'all done seen all them movies talking about the diary of a mad black woman and all that kind of stuff. Huh? You better take care of people while you have the chance because what you give out is what comes back to you. Now watch this. Why would you dog somebody that's in the end going to be blessing you? Because for a known fact, if you marry one of somebody going to have to take care of the other one. I don't know who it's going to be, but one of y'all going to have to take care of the other one. And sometimes it's the one that you think that the other one going to have to take care of, they wind up taking get that one. And so you talking about them and dogging them now? What about when it, when it switches and they have to take care of you? And you hope that they suffer from amnesia. They don't remember all the stuff you did to them. <laughs> Lord, touch his head. Don't let him remember all the stuff that I said about him. I done done to him. Touch his head, Lord. Don't let nothing happen. Let, 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 get it out of there. Don't let him remember that. Don't let him die. Don't let him remember anything. So we, we, we better learn about the goal of marriage. What is the goal? The goal is oneness. 
That's the goal. The goal is one. If, it, if the goal is not oneness, do not get married. The goal is one. Number two, you're going to have to learn these tactics, what not to do, because when something comes up, it's automatically for the flesh to try to win. That's the flesh of you. But the spirit man has to calm the fleshly man down and say, no, it ain't even worth that. Especially for men. Because, you know, if, if the enemy gets you to the point where he says, start swinging, you already know that your swing going to be a little harder than hers. But see, her tactics are more deadly. Because she might not could swing like you, but you got to go to sleep. <laughs> and see, we, we, we easily, you know, forget. We just get in the car, just crank it up. We don't know what she done done to that car. See, see theirs is more deadly. Hallelujah. You know, y'all be looking at Lifetime and all those things. Them women be deadly. You see what I'm saying? L and M and all that stuff. They, them women are treacherous. You see. So we praying against that spirit. I don't know what it is. Look like in the world we living in now, folk want to kill each other for 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 the insurance money and wind up not getting anything. Don't make no sense. All that in the news. The woman killed the man. They got five children. She's gonna kill kill her ex husband so she can try to get the, what. And you still wind up losing and the kids wind up losing because you know, they lost their daddy and now you're going to prison forever. So now you done left them out there by themselves. All five of the kids just out there. Just out there. Bad tactics. Bad tactics. Now see, these things that we talked about today, it's not just for marriage. You know, on your job, you know, there are folk that love to blame people. Don't you all know that, right? Y'all want to tell, you got a bunch of tattletales on your job. I want to tell somebody. And you know when people bring something, normally you know they carry stuff too, you know. So my rule of thumb, if you're the boss, you got to watch all of them. Amen. In God we trust. Everybody else we thoroughly check out. <laughs> huh? Is that the truth? That's true. Now, I need you to make a pact with your spouse and say, you know what, we're going to do better. We're going to do better, and we're not going to be doing all these bad tactics. We're going to do better. We're going to learn how to communicate with one another. We're going to remember the goal of oneness, and we're going to do better. I'm not going to be doing all this complaining. This cross-complaining It's definitely not. Amen. And we're going to learn how to get along with each other. This, this, go, this is going to be healthy for your relationship. This is going to bring healing in your home. That's what it's going to do. I, I wasn't intending to make you shout today. I, I was intending to make you think about your relationship. And where you are with your honey right now. Because the devil is going to try that relationship. Say, oh, we in love. We love each other. We just, uh-huh. All that love going to get tested down the road. 
like y'all just can't get enough of each other right now. Guess what? All that's going to get tested. It's going to get tested to see if it's real. Amen. And you're going to fall out with each other. That's part of it. But not enough to separate from each other. Amen. That's the way God wanted to be. Quit listening to the world. The world say, well, yeah, well, you don't like it, just get rid of them. The devil is a liar. We ain't getting rid of nobody around here. We're going we're gonna to work this thing out. Yeah. Now, you my, my single folks are here today. I'm telling you, this is, this is the kind of stuff you need to know because, see, if y'all boyfriend and girlfriend and y'all experiencing all this right now, y'all already know we ain't ready yet. Because if you like that now, it's going to get worse when you say I do. It compounds when you say I do. Huh? Yeah. And you want to be married to the right person. Not the perfect person, but the right person for you. Because we ain't going to marry nobody perfect. Amen. If he don't brush his teeth, his mouth going to smell just like yours. Stinking. Right? So we, we, we got to fix this. We got to work on this. And we can't, be, we, can't be, we can't be afraid to help each other and build each other up. We got to be willing to build each other up. See, uh, criticism, constructive criticism comes to build you up, not destructive, tear you down. Right? So we want to build each other up, even with our flaws. When you marry somebody, you're marrying them with all of their flaws. And you're saying, you know what, I'm going to cover you. I don't know who hurt you before. Even if you've been married before, you get the good second time around. Say, you know what, I don't know what happened before, but I'm going to cover you. That's a sensitive area for you. I'm going to cover you in that area. Because I want to build you up. I want to build you up. I pray to God that the men of God in this room will build their wives up. I pray to God that the women of God in this room will build their husbands up. You owe it to yourself. Hallelujah. I know some of you say, well, you know, if I was getting this kind of teaching before I got married, I 